This is Tell Me Something Good About Retail with Bob Fibbs, the Retail Doctor. So for me, coming to Kendra Scott, yes, it's retail. And yes, many of the things that we do in retail still happen at those stores. But there's so much beyond that in the heart and the soul of the brand that I've been here for five years. And I've just I've been absolutely in love with it. Welcome to Tell Me Something Good About Retail with your host, Bob Fibbs the champion for a more human connection in retail for over 30 years as a retail doctor. Bob is the authority on brick and mortar retail across the world, who works with some of the biggest luxury brands to independent retailers of all sizes. Today, I'm speaking with Colleen Wilson, Senior VP of Retail and Wholesale at Kendra Scott. You know, Kendra Scott has about 130 some stores. Uh, she was at Anthropology for almost 11 years. And while at L Brands, she was a four time President's Club awardee for scaling growth and training teams. Welcome, Colleen. Hi, good morning, Bob. It's so nice to be here. Oh, thank you so much. So, you have such a storied career, but I want to bring you all the way back. Can you share how you started at 16 working for a small mom and pop and how those uh, lessons might have influenced you as you went through the rest of your life? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I started, it's so, so full circle because I started my first job was in a mom and pop jewelry store in a small town in Illinois. It was named Gonnerman's Jewelry. And, you know, it was, it was such an amazing experience for me, 16 years old um, the environment that Richard Wickness, the owner, created in that store, it was just, it was so magical. I mean, it was the most customer-centric environment. It was, the store was impeccably decorated all the time. Every morning, there was so much love put into every single detail of that store. I mean, he was such a perfectionist and cared so much about the customer. We Every bow that was on every single package was handmade through our bow machine. He taught everybody how to wrap impeccably. I mean, there was so much care, so much love, so much passion put into that brand. I think that that was so long ago that customers still had like their family accounts. You could put your product and your purchase on an account. Champagne would be flowing during all the holidays. It was just such a special and such a magical environment. And um, I loved it. I loved every part of it. And um, from there, you know, I graduate, I went to school, um, but came back every, you know, every time I had a break from college, I would come back to the store during my college breaks um, and still spend time with the family, whether I was working at the store, spending time with their family. And it just, it was such a, a big part of my life and the things that they did in that store and how they treated the customers and the attention to detail and all the love that went into the business, it just stuck with me. And I really fell in love with the environment and, the, and, and that in retail at that point in time. I, I so love that story. And it's so funny you would say the bow machine because I started Slavic's Jewelers when I was like 17. And the manager was all about, your job is to make me look good. I was a janitor, basically. But right, also, right. I was the guy that used the bow machine to make sure everything was great. And I think you're right. I think at an early age, we we remember those um, markers. And then yeah. we that becomes our norm to judge everything against, right? So I'm always concerned when I walk into a lot of stores and they're not trained. And no one has that passion 
and you're like, you're not doing any of us any good because if someone doesn't ignite that spark, imagine what it'd be like for someone to get this gift, whether it's a man or a woman, a jewelry store, whatever. Imagine what it'd feel like when they go home and we've got the bag all nicely wrapped and how great it is to have the experience once again when they get home. It's all of that, but you have to show it, don't you? You can't, yeah, you it's not on a board. Three ways you should make sure it's got to be genuine, doesn't it? Yeah, it absolutely has to. You know, I worked for a leader. Her name was Bronka Zivanovich, and I worked with her at Limited Brands. Um, the thing that she talked about all the time and her lesson, which at the, it was you can't train passion. Like you can't, you can't train, you can't train that with somebody. It has to be in their heart. It has to be something they have to love retail. They have to love the customer they have to love the employee engagement. And it's so right. If it's disingenuine, you're never going to, you're never going to feel that. And I think that's such a key to this business. Well, and you work for uh, Kendra Scott, which I have uh, longtime listeners know I have held Kendra Scott up as the role model for me for the beautiful windows, so well appointed, so curated, so yellow, right? So, so yellow. Yeah. So what are some key moments for you at Kendra Scott that um, stand out so far? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I mean, it sounds like you know the brand, but for anybody that doesn't know Kendra Scott and doesn't know who we are, we have over 130 stores we have over 1,200 touch points in our wholesale channels. We have a beautiful website. But I think the, the most special thing about the brand that people may, they don't see on the exterior, you maybe not, you don't see it when you're, you know, passing by the store, when you're shopping in the store is we're a brand that's founded by three pillars. And people really, really live out these three pillars. It's philanthropy, fashion, and family. And, you know, it, it really comes through in our brand and it's been such a special and unique experience for us. And specifically for me, I've worked for amazing brands with amazing people um, and some great fashion brands specifically, but to work for a brand where philanthropy is such a key pillar in what we do, that's what's been really game changing for me, Bob, since I've been here. Um, I remember my first my first week in Austin, Texas, spending some time with the retail operations team that was there. And we were wounding up the day. And one of the team members said, Colleen, let's go downstairs. We have a store, Lamar Stores, downstairs below our home office. Let's go downstairs. There's, there's an event, event happening in the store right now. So we went downstairs and um, I, I literally feel like I was linked arms with her and we walked into the store and it just, it felt like it was a party happening in the store. There was champagne in the store. The music was playing. The store is packed full of people. Everybody's talking. Everybody's engaging. It's not like a normal retail experience. You're not walking in the store and there's somebody selling to you and talking to you. I mean, it was a party happening in the store and all of a sudden the music goes down and our store manager and the woman that was hosting um, the event that was happening downstairs started talking about her daughter and her daughter had cancer. And the reason why everybody was getting together in the store is we were having a, a give back event to raise money for that family. And 
for me to listen to this mother and to listen to the store manager collectively talk about why all of those people in in that store, why all those people were shopping. It was an absolutely magical experience and it just doesn't happen in all retail environments. And for me, that's really when I fell in love with the company. And um, I think about the other things that people don't know necessarily know that we do. I mean, we have our color bar experience in our stores, and that's part of our fashion pillar. And you create jewelry, and the customers, you know, are in the store creating jewelry with one another. But we also bring that to pediatric cancer wards across the United States, and we make jewelry with these children that need a moment of joy. They're in the hospital to be a patient, to be a mother, to be a father. Um, to have like a company come in and spend time with these kids and allow them a break from, you know, what's going on. They've been in the hospital for weeks, for months. Um, and for us to come in and have that experience with them, it's absolutely just magical. So for me coming to Kendra Scott, yes, it's retail unless yes, many of the things that we do in retail still happen at those stores, but there's so much beyond that in the heart and the soul of the brand that I've been here for five years and I've just, I've been absolutely in love with it um, ever since. And I drive home every day thinking, you know, I make a difference in the world. My team makes a difference in the world. And it's, it's really, really magical to be part of something like that in retail. Well, anyone who's listening that doesn't feel the passion, you have no soul because uh, (laughs) the whole idea of not only the, the those three pillars, but then actually seeing it. You know, um, I was on LinkedIn. Well, I'm on LinkedIn a lot, uh, but somebody had said something like, uh, I had posted something about you know selling and 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 valuing your confidence and who you are comes out in the sale basically. And this one guy, just you know, bitter person, like um, something like, why would I go out of my way for you when you're not paying me enough? And 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 I thought. You know, if someone is in that environment, they're pretty much alone in a retail, right? You've kind of thrown them in. Maybe you gave them training. Probably didn't. Threw them into a store. Can you work this shift? Fog this mirror. You're hired, right? And so it's very alone. And I think the struggle for a lot of retailers is to understand that turnover goes down, theft goes down, morale goes up. But it's, and I don't want to make it sound like it's work, like it's a bad thing, but it doesn't just happen. Would you agree, Colleen? I mean, to have a high-performing team, a lot of things have to be there, but that value to not only your uh, associates and your retail team has to show to your customers, but it has to start from you to them. And so how so how have you, you know, you've been renowned for, Kendra Scott's renowned for the designs and for beauty, but how do you ensure the retail experience mirrors and enhances that brand image? I mean, you've got a lot of stores. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it, I know people say this all the time to you, Bob, I'm sure when, cause you focus on retail, but it really has to come down to people. And um, we say it, Kendra Scott and Kendra says this, you know, it, our, our team members are part of our family. And when you're hiring people, you really, really, really have to spend time and really think and like go with your gut. And when you're hiring people, because Every single person that works for us represents the brand and they can do amazing things for your brand and they can do not amazing things for your brand too, which is 
which is really a challenge in this business. But, you know, we, we talk about hiring on DNA, not just resume. And you can look at somebody's experience on a resume and it looks great, right? They have all this experience that you need, but we need to get to know the person. We need to make sure those three pillars that I talked about matter to them. Um, And that this customer centricity piece, um, the philanthropic piece of our brand and like people that really show up and really care and really love people is so critical in this business. And I think about... Yeah, I think about my sister. I love her so much, but like this, what I have inside of me is not inside of her when it comes to just this love for people. I can talk to strangers all day. I talk to strangers in different stores and restaurants, like all over the place when I'm wandering through the world, but not everybody loves to do that. And it's, it's such an important part of what we do. And if you don't love that, you're actually not going to love the job either. You're going to, you're going to get on that sales floor and you know, instantly when somebody's comfortable or uncomfortable. So I think it really comes down to like thinking about using your gut, spending time when you're interviewing folks before you bring them in. It just, it makes or breaks retail in general and hiring right. I would rather a store run short on people um, than have the wrong people, too many of the wrong people on the floor, if that makes sense. Because when you have, when you hire right, I mean, that that's really when all the magic can happen. And I, I say all the time, if you don't have the right people on the bus, you can't get where you want to go. So just stop, get the right people on the bus, and then you'll get where you need to go. And I think there's always that feeling of, of an invitation to the party, right? If if they make the cut, so to speak, like the world's going to open up to you. Because I doubt many people have worked on with many luxury boutiques where the uh, philanthropy is a central part of who you are. I think people do nice things. I think there's a lot of brands that are doing nice. And I think that's the advantage to working in boutique world, right? That it's so focused, you don't have so many layers of different people that have to prove and all these other things that it can feel a little bit more... Uh, spontaneous and organic, but when they come to the party and they make it in there, they've got to add. You can't just attend, right? That's no, absolutely that's, not. I think that's yeah, you have to. You have to. You can't just. You have to show up a hundred percent ready to give to to give back and to get. I mean, not just literally give back, but to give back. You know, something inside of you, and you have to come a hundred percent ready to like be on all day with with people all day, and every interaction matters. And having a beautiful store with a lot of yellow has to help. I have to believe. It does. Uh, it's the color uh, helps yeah. a lot. <laughs> In your experience, what are some common pain points that businesses face when it comes to managing their operations? I mean, I, I know you're you're going to tell me everything is great and everything is great. But let's yeah. be honest, every business has places where we fall down or it's a challenge. And because you've seen so many iterations of retail, um, and I know we've got a whole wholesale world I'm not really talking about, but pretty much in the brick and mortar experience, I mean, what are some of those common pain points that you've seen? doesn't mean you solved them, just what are some of the pain points? Yeah, I mean, I think... I mean, since COVID and even before COVID, I think one of the biggest challenges out there that retail face um, has to do with the hiring shortage that's happened. And I think it, it's got it's gotten worse since COVID. But that's one of the biggest challenges that people face is, you know, not having the the quantity of people in the workforce and the ease of hiring people. It's become incredibly 
competitive to hire great people in this environment. And COVID added to that, of course. I mean, we went through the great resignation um, and I'd never seen anything like that before in retail. So I think that's definitely playing a um playing a part in some of the challenges and why it's so important to hire the right people and do everything you can to retain them. Um, And we spend a lot of time thinking about our team members and our family and making sure it's a great place to work. If it's a great place to work, it's a great place to shop. And it's, it's not been easy um, in any way, shape or form, especially since COVID. The other thing that's happening right now I mean, you read articles all over the place around um, what's happening from a theft perspective in retail. I've never in my career seen numbers like what we're seeing today, especially some of the big boxes who are reporting that it's on the front page. Um, Loss prevention is a huge conversation right now and needs to be a huge conversation right now in order for us to protect our assets. Uh, But I've I've never seen anything like what we're seeing um, in some of these numbers and in the news right now as it relates to loss prevention and retail. And not always a conversation that people talk about, not top of mind. It's not as fun and joyful to talk about, but there's some real issues and some real um, concerns happening. Yeah. And you, you take a look at it and there's a mindset of, you know, it doesn't matter and no one will engage. So what the heck, we might as well try it. And um, right. that's different than I think we would have had 10 10 years ago, I don't think that was quite as prevalent, but especially in something like you where they're small items and they would be easy to take. And, you know, loss prevention seems to be under this thing. Ours is going to have thicker glass and we're going to have better locks. And you're like, if we could just lock the store up, we've given up the whole thing that makes why I want to go out of my house to come to a brick and mortar store. If everything feels like you got a little scrunchie with keys on it, I think it just, it's going to be a real challenge. So to your point, um, retailers who are listening, it isn't an easy fix. But I do think if the employees feel that they have ownership over it, if they have um, that feeling of this is our world, then you're noticing people. And let's face it, eyes that notice someone are scary. And there's plenty of other places you can go. So the first thing for me is always when you're greeting, I'm looking for their eye color. If I see your eye color, I know that you're close enough that they know I saw you. And it may not work all the time, but you got to think that just some of the most basic things that we've gotten away from, oh, we can get away with one person uh, coverage on a 3,000 square foot store. Like maybe that's not going to work. You know, maybe we're going to have to find some other tools with that. Last month, one of our sales or ex-customers, Hammett Handbags from Manhattan Beach, was partnering with your flagship there in Austin and doing a pop-up and they, what a great brand for the two of you to be in. I'm not surprised at all with Tony Drockton was probably there and having fun with champagne, but what are the key elements to making a pop-up store a successful, you know, is it just to have a brand uh, experience? Does it need to convert? Do you look for new customers? Is it a matter of rewarding others? I mean, what kind of focus do you look at pop-ups? Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about the type of pop-up where we're bringing another retailer into the environment, just like we did in South Congress, we'd love to do that. And I think, you know, for me, it's about 
connecting two brands together that feel cohesive, but different. Obviously, we're not bringing another jewelry company in, um, but something that, um, that 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 brand has the same kind of joy. I mean, we, we're a joyful brand. And so somebody that has like that brand ethos that fits with our brand, maybe it's another entrepreneur. We, we spend a lot of time with other male and female, but we, we definitely focus on um, female creators that are artists that, you know, they may, they may not be as well known in the town we're in, but we can bring them into the store and they can set up a pop-up. They get to know our, our customers get to know who they are. They bring their customers in. And again, we create this event, this environment, this party type feel, and it's really fun. And our customers love to have that kind of spark of something new, something different. And it creates, it creates a really great shopping experience when retailers bring in other creators, um, other designers to, to the environment. So I, I think it's this, like, will the customers love it? Check. Yes. Do the brands feel cohesive in terms of like their spirit and who they are? I think that's so important. And then again, like we love to promote new up and coming artists in our, into our stores. And it might be, I mean, we have flower markets in our stores, especially for Valentine's Day, um, Christmas, Mother's Day, those types of periods where we want somebody to come in and buy jewelry. And then there's a bouquet of flowers right there for them. Maybe there's a chocolatier there where they can buy local chocolates and they can get all of their shopping done at once. Like there's convenience to that, that the, our customers absolutely love. So having like people pop up in our store is something that I think is fun for our customers, but it, lots of times it just creates a level of convenience as well for them. Well, and surprise and delight, basic tenants of, totally. of retail and that temporary nature as well. But I love the idea that you're a brand of joy and you got to find partners that are like that as well. Mm -hmm. And that just adds to the to the yeah. party. You know, so much convenience now is, oh, I, I can buy it online and do a QR code. And it's like, I don't think there's much joy in QR codes. Call me crazy, but I yeah. think the joy of being able to look over and go like, what is that? And feel I was there that day. Yeah. And did you see it? No, we didn't. Oh, you missed it. So yeah. that, that, that idea that I'm going to get something that I didn't even expect, I think makes life so much more interesting. We are going to return with Colleen Wilson in just a minute after this brief uh, break. We can, uh, we love our lawyer listeners and I'd appreciate if you do me a favor and give us a five-star rating after this episode. And we'll return after this word from SalesRx online retail sales training. Hey, it's Bob again. I'm not only your host, but also the founder of the SalesRx online retail sales training program. How many sales that should have been yours walked out your front doors today? You know, with shoppers being more discerning about where and when they shop, you need to convert more lookers to buyers. And SalesRx is the perfect solution to make training memorable. It's bite-sized. It can fit easily into your schedules. Don't tell me you don't have time to train. If you can give them time to take a break, you have time for them to train. Now the training builds from some of the quickest ways to engage shoppers to the most advanced. Everything is planned so you can implement your sales training program with a click of a button. And there's a reason we're on four continents training thousands because SalesRx is scalable. Everybody learns the same new skills that will grow your sales. In fact, 83% of users report a double digit increase in their sales within six months. Wouldn't you like that to be your story? Visit SalesRx to learn more and set up a call with me to see how we can help. 
That's S-A-L-E-S-R-X.com. Now back to the broadcast. And we're back with Colleen Wilson, Senior VP of Kendra Scott. Now, you were a Retail Touchpoint's 2023 Brand Experience Award winner for pop-ups, events, partnerships, and other brand activations. So what is the Kendra Scott Brand Experience? If I was to compare you to some of your competitors, what's different? I mean, you're a brand of joy. We got that. Yeah. Um, What else can you share with me? So yes, we're a company with a lot of joy, but the other thing that I think is different than us compared to another retail experience is number one, the connection and the energy you're going to feel walking into the store. Uh, We really pride ourselves on, you know, connect first and transact second. Kendra has said that since the day I met her, it's in her book. She talks about it all the time when she's on podcasts, because if we have a customer that comes in and just feels that love and feels that connection, whether they buy or not that day, they're going to walk out of the store and say, wow, I just had a great experience in that store. And that's the thing that matters the most for us is ensuring that that person walks in and we brighten their day just a little bit. Like we make them feel good good about themselves. They have fun in our stores. And I think that's so important. And that's how we treat all of our customers that come in. I think the second thing that's different about us that, um, you know, our competitors and other jewelry stores may not have is every single store we do have our color bar and we do have a lot of color in our stores, which we think is fun and joyful, but you can sit down in our stores and create jewelry. I mean, there's no other jewelry store that you can do that in. And it's, it's such a magical experience to be able to do that. I was in our South Congress store um, not too long ago, and there's a group of 50 year old women in the store, a bunch of them, they're drinking champagne, having fun, all gathered around our color bar and I think this the tactile experience in general in retail is so important. And that's why brick and mortar is never going to die. Because to your point, people love to pick up product. But to have a group of women just laughing and having fun and creating jewelry together um, and picking out their stones that matter to them and there's meaning behind it to them. And then they, we set the jewelry for them. It's, it's a really fun and it's a really engaging experience for customers to have. And I think that experiential component really important right now. And it makes our customers just love to be in the environment. I was in our Park Meadows store not too long ago and same thing. There's 16 year olds all around our color bar, a different experience. Um, and just having fun and laughing and, you know, spent hours in our store. So that's the type of environment that I think makes us really different than, than other jewelry stores out there or just anybody else in retail. I love that. So what advice would you give to aspiring trainers and retail professionals who are looking to move up in a business? Um, I think the biggest advice that I would give somebody, I mean, I've talked about these, but I think I'm going to go back to what Bronca said in the sense of you can't train passion. You have to hire people that are customer centric, people centric individuals. And that's that's the number one that makes the, the biggest difference in the environment. If you treat your teams well, they're going to treat your customers well. Um, so you're, mean, going to be known, you're going to be known by those hires and that if you're going to move up, you're going to have to prove it by the people you've surrounded yourself with. Is that- 
Absolutely. Tell me about the Barbie collaboration launch. You know, Barbie is a touchstone, I think, for a generation like I was back in whatever it was, 72 with Star Wars. But there's there's serious movement going on in the way it is actually moving into culture, certainly pop culture. But um, I was just reading how the Middle East, they're trying to ban the movie and they talk about this empowering of women who have seen the movie and the differences. So wanted to find out from you, um, what about the Barbie collection with Kendrell, Kendra Scott? Yeah, we've had so much fun with Barbie. It's been a success, such a success for us. And it was great to be like part of the, the magic and the fun and what happened. And we love Barbie because the organization supports women, supports diversity, supports philanthropy, supports all the things that we believe in as an organization. So we we've just we've had a very successful launch, and we had um, launch parties in many of our stores um, with the big the big Barbie box and customers getting their photos taken together. And what what we loved about it is we were you know we were one of our stores. I just got a customer letter about an experience in our stores around a mom coming in with her mom, so a grandmother, a mother, and a little girl coming into the stores together, and all coming in for Barbie to celebrate Barbie. All of them bought something, which is there's so much relevancy. Um, to Barbie, to women, but also multi-generational women. I mean, everybody came in, whether it's the little girl who I say, think about 10. Um, she loved it as much as her grandmother loved it. And all of them bought product. And they had such a good time in the store. And they wrote the, a letter in talking about the fact that the little girl thought that she, what it was one of our sales associates, but thought it was she met Barbie in the store. And the whole time, the sales associate pretended like stayed in character to be Barbie. And the mom wrote in a letter just saying it was the most magical experience to come in a, to feel pink all over the store to experience that together as a family and to have this, her daughter think, create a memory saying like, I met Barbie in the Kendra Scott store today. This was so amazing. So, you know, I think that, those are the type of um, collaborations that when you do them, you're touching your customers. And for Barbie, we touched so many different ages of customers um, that it was it was really a great experience for us and a, and a fantastic launch. Um, what, in your opinion, in a little bit more serious vein, is the biggest mix, misconception people have around brick and mortar stores? Well, first of all, that people are saying that it's going to die. It's not going to die. Um, people love to come into the stores. They love to touch product. Um, and I, you know, I, I, of course, shopping online, there's, there's convenience to that, but I, I don't think that brick and mortar is ever, ever going to die because people come in for experience. And I don't know with the other people that you're talking to, but since COVID, I think, it's it's even enhanced even more because people weren't able to shop. They weren't able to get out and do the things that they were normally doing. So we've seen a big shift in customers wanting to come out and shop, coming out in groups, making an event out of the day. It's not as much of I'm just coming in to get something. We're seeing a lot of people coming in to spend an entire day at the mall, come into the Kendra Scott store, 
with groups of friends, with, you know, with their whole family. And that's been a huge shift for retail, I feel like. And it's so great to have everybody coming back in and spending time together. And our stores are really conducive to that because we, you know, we have places to sit. We have the color bar where people can spend time together. We have events in our stores in a regular, like on a regular basis, but you can't get that from, from shopping online and you just can't get that level of connection that I think people have been craving. And I don't know, it's, I think some people may think that sounds silly. You're coming into a retail store for that connection, but it we see it all the time and it shopping together can be a really fun experience for a mother and daughter, for a husband and wife. And I think we create that experience at Kendra Scott. It's such a misconception that that's going to go away. I don't think it will. And I actually think retailers are doing more and more that experiential things that are going to keep people coming back. I was just in New York in a store and I couldn't believe some of the things that were happening there. It, it felt less like a, it, it didn't feel as much like a retail store. It literally felt like a place that you come in and to create, create shoes of all things. So I don't know. I think that there's more retailers are going to do. I think they're going to get way more creative and I think they have to, to stay competitive, but I think retail is going to come to life in such a different way from a brick and mortar perspective as, as time goes on. Yeah, I agree. I think curiosity is what came back. I think uh, yeah. you can get curious on a website and you have uh, you have online, but let's be honest, yeah. you scroll past screen two, you're like, yeah, they all look alike. Whereas if I come right. into a store and I see it or I experience it or I'm not even expecting what this is, and I look over, it's like, wow, maybe I will try that. And that's ultimately so many brick and mortar retailers are trying to put more of the online into the store and make it all kiosks and all these things. So you don't have to have customers. I think that really short circuits the whole thing that you can actually add, which is actual human beings want to connect with actual human beings. We don't want to connect to a bot, but we are feeling more alone. And I think coming out of COVID, we we all feel a little more anxious and more um, uh, more disconnected from an awful lot, right? There's an awful lot of news of this is horrible, this is horrible, this is horrible. I hate him because of, of them. Oh, then I hate them. I hate them because this. And you can't. You don't have people to say, it's just really nice to see you. Let's, let's come play with our jewelry, right? Yeah. Let's go to the color brand. Yeah. Let's, let's just have fun. Oh, do I need to buy anything? No, let's just play with it. Yeah. And that suddenly says like, really? You value me? Like, yeah. And I don't think you can do that in a mission statement or a POP or something because people who feel they matter buy and people who don't walk. So if you're listening to me and you're saying, oh, our conversions are down and this, there's only one place to look at your store. There's your four walls and that's all you get to play with. I don't care you got Instagram. I don't care you got all these other things. If you don't have people that really want to bring joy to somebody's life, I think that's where you start. And that's what we're hearing in our conversation today from Colleen. Um, So we're almost out of time. I have two quick questions for you. When developing training or, you know, employee development, if we can't call it training, some people get averse to that word. What feature aspect do you believe is often overlooked but crucial for the learning to stick? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to think about who your audience is. And I think in retail, you have to think about how much time you have. And 
there's always time to train. I definitely believe that. But it's a fast-paced moving environment. Labor's a conversation that a lot of us are having. So for me, it's about bite-sized training and not trying to give people too much all at one time. And I think the other thing that's so important is like, how are people responding to training? And the day of like, you know, a big printed manual, I think is over. And so we have somebody that works in our training team for retail, who's really done a great job for us of creating a lot of bite-sized video training. I mean, that is what's working for us right now. Um, And then you can, you know, watch the video, you can, you know, there's there's engagement that's happening in the video and you're, you're just, people are more used to looking at their screens right now. And I think we have to be okay with it for a while. I think you're like fighting the fact that like this generation, you know, looks at their screens and that's how they pay attention. But to me, it's like, so embrace that. Like if that's how people want to learn, that's how people want to learn. That's been really successful for us. So I, I think that's the first thing. And then secondly, I think people love peer to, to learn peer to peer. And so we have experienced champions and in different stores that contribute to that training. They may be creating that video training in our Charleston store. They may be creating that video training in one of our California stores or one of our Texas stores. And I think the store managers like to get that training from their peers. It's not coming you know, from the top down and it's coming from other people in terms of, you know, how to get, how to engage, how to sell, like, you know, how to layer all the product together. I think that um, that's really successful when peers hear from other peers. Um, And again, we love this bite-sized video training. It's been really, really popular for our, for our teams. And I think they've really connected to it. Yeah, well, that's what sells our exes. That's what I do. Of course, I do have a process of A to B to C because sure. uh, I love what you say. There's always time to train. That's the other thing that I don't have to take your entire crew away for eight hours and hope to God I can have them sit in, this, in a chair and pay attention because after 10 minutes, they're already on this. And, right. and just acknowledging that I can scale a lot better, smaller, do some role play with it so that I know they understood it and then see if they can do it on the sales floor. And then you've got something. Otherwise, I think a lot of training, it was in the handbook. There's a handbook. Was that what you gave right. me when I started? I don't know. All right. right. So we're at the end of our conversation. It's been great to join us. Um, tell me something good about retail. Oh my gosh. There's so many good things about retail. Um, you know, I, every day is different right? There's never a boring moment in retail in any way, shape, or form. I think in retail, you work with such a diverse group of people. I meet people from all, like just, there's so many different types of people that come together and work in retail. They all share that same passion. And I think the other thing about retail that's amazing, I had a friend that was working on somebody's resume who who was a retail manager. And she said to me, and she does resume work. And she said to me, I can't believe the amount of experience you get working for retail in all these different facets. You're learning about operations. You're learning about HR. You come out and you're good at training. Like there's so many different umbrellas that you're learning about. And for those people that stay in retail, they come out of this experience and they're like, wow, I have a tremendous amount of skill and experience 
because I worked in retail and I don't know if everybody realizes that, but I think there's a lot that, that you get when you work in this environment. So I, I absolutely love the industry. I was, I just read a book. I don't know if you've talked to Ron Thurston. He wrote retail pride. Um, and I, I think it's it's an environment where if you love it, there's so much to be proud of and so many great things that we do in retail that that are sometimes unrecognized. But there's it's such a great industry to be in and it's fun and it's exciting and you know you you get so much out of it and I I get charged every time I'm spending time in our stores. And it's it's just a great it's a great industry and a great career. Nice. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us today, Colleen. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. You've been listening to Tell Me Something Good About Retail with Bob Fibbs, the retail doctor. As a listener, you can receive free information and guides when you visit retaildoc.com and sign up for our exclusive weekly newsletter. Thanks for being with us. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. To virtually bring Bob to all of your crew and associates, check out www.salesrx.com. 